We are uh, about to begin our Bible study on not to worry. How many of you remember Larry and Lynn Brown? Anybody remember Larry and Lynn Brown? They sat right in this area here somewhere usually. Um, Larry was a dear friend of mine. We, he came to our church and because he just wanted a church that preached the Word of God and he had been going to uh, some liberal church and just had had it. And so he came to our church, and Lynn came for a while. But uh, I remember uh, at the funeral, at Larry's funeral, asking the family, I said, what, if you had th- one phrase or something that Larry said that, that you remember as a family that, that was important to you um, growing up or even in these last years of, it, of your life, and all of them just like their eyes lit up and said, there's one phrase that he always said, and it sticks in all of our mind. He said, whenever we come to him with a concern or a problem, the first thing out of his mouth, he would say, not to worry. He'd say, I got it covered. And uh, even, even Lynn said that. He said, that was, if I came to him with something, uh, concern, it was always, not to worry. It's Okay. And I thought about that when I read Psalm 46. I thought, how interesting that is, because uh, that's exactly what Psalm 46 tells us to do. Um, I even remember when I visited Larry in the hospital, he kind of practiced what he preached, because before, I think, if I remember right, the scenario right, is he was going to have an operation, and through the operation, um, there was, it was really a, a difficult operation, and they weren't sure that it would be successful, and um, and I remember talking to him before the surgery and uh, said, you know, this is a serious, serious surgery, Larry, and it's it, it not guaranteed that it's going to work. And he said, I know. He said, not to worry. <laughs> and I thought, he practiced what he preached. He said, I know where I'm going. He said, but would you take care of my wife if I don't make it? It was just, it was his way of, Larry was just such a, uh, that kind of a person that he always depended on the Lord. And I thought, what a blessing example that was. And as I wrote this message, this is my honest confession. Uh, as I was done writing it, uh, this, I preached this at Maranatha where I'd been filling in the pulpits. And uh, for several weeks, Lou's been, we've switched on and off uh, to preach there. But this summer, as I prepared to preach this, after I was done Sunday morning, Reviewing my notes, I went out back on the porch and sat down on the back porch and looked out over, and everything was just beautiful. I mean, the bushes were trimmed just right. Uh, the lawn was mowed uh, for a change. Usually I don't get that mowed when it should be. But uh, and I was looking over our, the home God gave us, and then my wife came out and did something very nice to me before. You know, I just looked and thought, what a, ble- what a, what a wonderful life God has given me. And then as I sat there, I looked around and thought, uh, my shoulder has a torn rotator cuff, and uh, who's going to take care of this place? I can't, I, you know, I'm not going to be able to, one day I'm not going to be able to do it. Who's going to take care of Rose when I'm gone? And I sat there and thinking, this is really serious, you know. And then I look back at my notes, and it's like, whoops. 
I'm as guilty as anybody when it comes to worrying about things that, uh, that may never happen. Uh, I do have a torn rotator cuff, but I tell everybody this too will pass one day. Uh, when I'm in heaven, I won't even... The songwriter wrote uh, The Trials and Troubles of This Life. It says, remembered there will only bring a smile. It's like the trials and troubles we go through here on earth, when we look back at them in heaven, uh, I think it'll make us chuckle at the stuff we worried about and the stuff we, uh, we were concerned about. That, In fact, uh, there's a, I'm getting ahead of myself, but let's do it here. Um, there was a... There was a uh, a test uh, uh, survey done about things that people worry about, and they asked them to keep track a certain group of people. They asked them to keep track of of things they were, were concerned about and worried about. And then they asked them to keep a track of how many of those things that they actually worried about came true. And I think the survey says that 85% of the things they worried about never came to pass. So only 15% of the things they worried about came to pass. And of those 15%, it said of that 15%, there was only, there was only, uh, I think, 3% of that that actually they regretted happening the other, the other things, they were glad they happened because they learned from it or it actually turned out, uh, turned out well. So there was only 3% out of, out of 100% that, that things that they worried about that actually uh, things they didn't, uh, they didn't want in their lives. I think how many times we worry about things that will never come to pass. The... Uh, I'm not here on Sundays, so I don't, Sunday mornings a lot, so uh, I don't know. if Pastor may have used this. Sometimes I write down his illustrations, and then I use them. And so I can't remember where I got this illustration from, so if he did it here, I apologize. But there was was this older couple. uh, They got together for the class reunion, and... uh, and, and there was a lot of single widows, widowers there. But this one couple seemed to hit it off well. And uh, they talked for a while. And, and uh, it was going so well, he just decided to pop the question, just saying, would you marry me? And uh, she said, she thought a few seconds, said, sure. And uh, the evening went well. They were, they chatted and talked and, and, uh, just a good evening together, and when he got home, had a good night's sleep, got up the next morning, and I found this to be true, that sometimes we forget details that were important, and he couldn't remember, he said, I know I asked her to marry me, but I can't remember if she said yes or no, and so he thought and thought, thought all over the events of the evening, and what he said, and but when he came to what she said, it just, he just was blank. He couldn't remember. And so he finally decided, you know what, I've got to call her. So he got on the phone, called her, and uh, said what a good evening it was and, and uh, how much he enjoyed the time together and, and working up to 
trying to ask her what her answer was. He said, I know I asked you to marry me, but he said, for the life of me, I can't remember what you said. And she said, oh, silly man. She said, of course I said yes. I'll be glad to, and I meant it. And he thought, oh, praise the Lord. Uh, But then she said, she continued, she said, I'm really glad you called, because I can remember who asked me. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you anything new tonight. This passage is a very familiar passage, and you all know that as Christians, we're not supposed to worry. And so... This is, not a, this is not novel information, but because we forget, <laughs> and we're prone to forget, we need to be reminded over and over again. And so the truth of God's Word, that's what preaching is. We say the same thing, maybe in a different way, but it's the Word of God. And you've read this passage before, where it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will... Uh, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried in the midst of sea, and so forth. But it is interesting, I believe, to say that, um, that in reality, we ought, to, we ought to understand that there really isn't any need for us to worry. And I want to look a little bit about, um, about how God, how the psalmist developed that, but it is important for us to remind ourselves over and over again that we're prone to worry. The uh, how many of you remember the song uh, "Mighty Fortress Is Our God"? Yeah, you remember who wrote that? Martin Luther. And if you remember a little bit about him, he was one of the reformers who took a lot of persecution from the Catholic Church for his um, condemnation of some of their abuses. And so he experienced a lot of uh, prison time, a lot of banishment from, the, uh, from his home and so forth, and under house arrest and so forth, and, and even suffered some physical perse- persecution. So he wrote that song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, based on, actually, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength. God is that protection and safety when all else, uh, when we experience... Uh, many other things against us. Uh, We don't really know the background to the psalm, but some of the the commentators believe that it may have been when uh, Hezekiah was king and Hezekiah led the people to rebel against Assyria. The Assyrian taxes stopped paying it, and Assyria came down with an army and conquered many of the towns on the way down and made alliances with, uh, with uh, other towns. But Shennacherib sent a letter to Hezekiah and warned him that he will be destroyed, Jerusalem, Judea, as he did the other cities, and that their God would not save them. And you remember Hezekiah took the letter before the Lord, laid it before the Lord, and, uh, and asked for God's help, um, that Assyria would not... And, and the prophet came and told them, of course, that... Shennacherib would not come into the city, that God would protect the city. Um, They woke up one morning, it says, and an angel of God had killed 185,000 soldiers, and Shennacherib heads home with the fear of God and was soon killed just as God said he would. 
And so that may have been the setting for this, the writing of this psalm, which says God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Um, down to verse 7, it says, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And down at the end, verse 11, The Lord of hosts is with us, and the God of Jacob is our refuge. It is the Lord of hosts. They had to recognize that although armies were fighting against them, God was, God was in charge. And he could even wipe out their enemies. What do you and I worry about? Well, you know what I worry about. <laughs> Who's going to take care of my place if I'm not able? Uh, it sounds trivial, but when you're concerned about your wife and, and you think about, you get to this stage in your life and you're thinking about what's going to happen. Uh, my kids have me dead already and have all the property divided up and the stuff already. So you begin to think more about it when you hear those kinds of uh, things. Uh, they see something they like. They say, uh, hey, can I have that? It's like, I'm not dead yet, guys. Uh, but we begin to think, we begin to be concerned about, uh, about those things. What do, you, what do you worry about? What are some things people worry about? Health? It's a big thing. We get to be our age, right? I'm putting myself in our category now because uh, we begin to think about those things. What else? Health. Money and retirement. Is there enough there that... I won't run out. What else? You listen to the news? Rocket man sent off another rocket? Yeah. I, I, think, I was thinking of that when I read the news. I'm thinking about what I'm preaching. I was thinking, the Lord is the Lord of hosts. He is the Lord of the armies. He's stronger than, so no army can do anything except he allows it. To happen, so I guess I don't need to worry about that either. <laughs> Whatever it is, God's God's still in control. What else do you worry about? Worry about loss of a job? Worry about divorce? There's lots of things that come into our mind. The key is, though, I think, is to understand that that there's certain things that will help us through this from this psalm. One of them, we should not worry when trouble comes because God says not to worry. And the very says, therefore, we will not fear. Um, and uh, because of God being our strength. So I just, I just made two points on your notes, which says, in order to help us not to worry, let's focus on the presence of God. Uh, and then let's focus on the plan of God, because I believe in here it just shows us things that, that will help us to focus on the presence of God. Does God keep us from trouble sometimes? The answer is, yes, He does. Does He promise to always keep us from trouble? The answer is, no. Do bad things sometimes happen to good people? They do. Yeah. If God does not promise to keep us from trouble, what does he promise? Never leave us nor forsake us. What is promised here to God's people is, number one, a refuge. God says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We find that shelter when it seems trouble overtakes us is the idea. There's no complete safe place on earth. Uh, I think of the hurricane in Campbelltown. This is not 
This is not Hurricane Alley, and yet sometimes unusual things happen. Um, and, and there is no place that's completely safe. Natural disaster, family disasters, um, national disasters. But it's the idea that God is the one who protects us. So we can look around at earthly protection, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with having a will. There's nothing wrong with having insurances. There's nothing wrong with uh, locking your doors at night, putting up, having secure safety things available. That's not wrong. But if, if we only look at this life, we're missing the, the security because we're always worried, have we missed something? Have we missed some protection that we need? But ultimately, it is God's protection that, that he says here, God is our refuge and strength. It is God the one that protects us and shelters us, and he is our strength. God keeps us strong if we allow him to. And so the strength that he wants to give us, we need to avail ourselves. The difficulty is, is sometimes we don't. We run to earthly help when first we should go to God and say, God, you are our refuge and strength. The focus is on God, not our problems. God keeps us strong. Important uh, to focus on God during the trouble. God is powerful. He's the Lord of hosts. He, if he can defeat uh, 185,000 soldiers without them, without God's people fighting, he certainly can take care of our country. He can take care of us uh, as well. The, uh, the, the uh, sun, the moon, the natural disasters, certainly God has all of that in control. The idea says here he is a present help in trouble. Very present, exceedingly proven, and very available. He's nearby. Uh, the presence here, it says, a very present help in trouble. The idea is, is he's closer than our trouble. Sometimes when we have difficulties in our life that makes us worry and overly concerned, we're faced with those trials and we don't really focus on God being in between us and our trouble. But this idea here is a very present help in trouble. He's closer than our trouble. The trouble is out there. And God is in between, so to speak. He's closer than our trouble. Um, if you look, you'll find what you're looking for. Did you ever... Um, if you look for the hand of God, you'll see it in your life. Day by day, if you're driving and there's a close call... If you're looking for God's hand, you can say, thank you, Lord, for sparing me. But if you're not looking for it, looking for the hand of God, so you, we always say you see what you want to see in life. And if we focus on looking for the hand of God of protection and strength in our life, he's always there. But the difficulty is, is we miss it. I, want, I, I said to somebody the other day, I said, when we get to heaven... I'd love to sit down with the Lord and have him run a list of all the things he did for me in protecting me that I never saw. Just run the list of things, God, that, that you did for me that I didn't even see, and yet I was spared. Now, my wife thinks I've been spared a lot while I'm driving, but I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's lots of things that God has put his hand down and said, no. No and protected me from things that 
I never knew about. I praise the Lord for that. And we ought to be looking for at least the things that we can see and watch the hand of God as well. He's a very present help in trouble. And he said, because of this, because of the refuge, because of the strength, because of the safety, he says, therefore, we will not fear. That's my translation. So I think it's, uh, it's worded a little different in here. It says, will not we fear? <laughs> not to worry. He says, because I'm there, because nothing will happen to you that I'm not in control of, not to worry. He has everything under control. Um, I thought of our president and his bodyguards. When you see him in a parade or you see him going somewhere to a... He's making a lot of campaign stops. I guess they're not campaign stops now, are they? What are they called? Something else? Uh, But when he goes and does these rallies or whatever they're called, you don't see the bodyguards. You don't see his protection because they kind of blend in with everybody else, unless you are particularly looking for them, looking for plain-clothed people, but they're, they're, they're not watching the president, per se. They're watching for trouble. And it's interesting to watch them at a parade or something. They won't be watching the parade. They're watching the crowd. They're watching, keeping an eye on the president. You'd hardly know that unless you looked for them. And I think that's many times our case. We worry about stuff, but God is there and we don't even see him. He's protecting us. He's given us safety, and we're unaware of it. He is an effective bodyguard, just like our president has. Intervention, intervention he can stop wars. He can stop uh, armies from coming. Uh, the timing, it says here, um, they're very present help in trouble. He's, his timing is just on time. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed, the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, the waters roar and be troubled. Truth is, is that he's always there. Uh, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. He says, I, I will not let things happen that are not in my will and not out of my control. That are, there's nothing out of his control. So are we focused on God? God says, I'm here. Look for me. I'm your shelter. I'm your strength. I have not forgotten you. You are my child. You know what? I tried to, I tried to find me a picture that would portray this phrase. It would be a little baby held in the arms of its mother. Not a care in the world. Lying there knowing that the protection and safety of mother. They're not fussing about, worried about protection and safety. They may be fussing about other stuff, but, uh, but that's, that picture of a baby in the arms of a mother is sometimes how we should be resting in God's care, completely depending on him saying, I know, there's, I know we have responsibilities in life, but I want to be, did, what, what do they say? You sleep like, a, sleep like a baby? Can you do that at night? Or are you up worrying? The danger is, is we find all kinds of stuff to worry about. Uh, God says, sleep like a baby, not to worry. I'm still in control. But secondly, not only focusing on the presence of God, but focusing on, on uh, the plan of God when we're in trouble. 
How can we do that? Number one, control fear. Look at verse 2. Therefore, we will not fear. It says, not to worry. So we need to take the bull by horn and say, listen, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm worrying. And it's keeping me from doing what I ought to do. I need to stop. It says we need to control that fear. Uh, fear is an emotion. Is, is, all, is fear, is emotions wrong? The Bible says, do not be angry, right? Neither let him be afraid. Tells us not to be afraid. It sounds like emotions are wrong, doesn't it? How can you explain that? What, what, how do we handle that where it says, you know, love not the things of the world? We're told there are certain emotions in our life that, that uh, we need to be careful of. Talk to me. How do we look at emotions? We're t- particularly the one of fear now. Good, bad? Good. Have to be okay because we were all created with love, peace, anger, fear. Yeah, we were created with them. So we can't say they're sinful. So how do we, how do we understand fear in particular? Uh, when Jesus says so often, God, the Bible says so often, be not afraid. And yet we were made with, created with that fear. I, what helps me to understand is, and I'm not sure it's a technical description, but emotions, in my understanding, are energy, which energizes us to do what God asked us to do. Do you know it's much easier for me to love my wife and to buy her flowers and all sorts of nice things when I feel that emotion of love. It's, it's much easier and much safer if I climb a ladder and I feel the emotion of fear because it makes me hold on to that ladder really good so I don't slip. Uh, so the truth is, is that our emotions can be used right or wrong. There are times when emotions, we can use the fear in a good thing. But if fear keeps us from talking to our neighbor about our faith, because we're afraid of or embarrassed, we don't want to lose our relationship with our neighbor, and it keeps us from obeying the Lord, that would be a wrong use of our emotion. And so we need to be careful that we... Emotions are God-given, so they are not sinful. But how we, how we let those emotions control us, they can make us do good things. They can energize us to do what we ought to do. But we can also allow those emotions to uh, keep us from doing what we ought to do. So control fear. Therefore, it's because of this truth we can tell ourselves not to worry. God has, God's going to control this. It's a statement of fact. No matter what happens, I think in this, the verses three, uh, 2, 3, and 4, or 2 and 3, it, it could be hyperbole. I don't know. But it's the idea that, that 
there's there's things in a, there's things in the world that are seem sure and and secure, and when those things are not true anymore, like Brother Bob said, when our health, when we're faced for face with sickness, severe sickness, all of a sudden the thing that was secure in our life is now gone. Um, I remember one of our members was in New York City when 9-11 happened. And they were sitting in a truck on the bridge and watched the towers collapse. And I tried to put myself in their shoes. And it's like, you know what? They drove past those towers day after day after day for work. And all of a sudden, they're sitting on the bridge. The bridges are closed. You can't go on the bridges because of the emergency. And they watched the tower collapse. And it's like, that was one of the landmarks. What was one of the things that was secure? Who would, who would dream that in their wildest imagination that that building would come down. And yet, no matter what happens in the world, God says, as bad as it may seem, I'm still in control. And I don't understand all the reasoning for God allowing some of those things. I'm not here to explain those things. But I do know that nothing happens outside of God's control. And God says not to worry. I remember that member called the church and said, talk to Pastor Burgraff, I believe, if I remember the story right, and said, is this the end of the world? We may laugh now and look back and say, well, of course not. When you see buildings collapse in front of you, huge buildings, these kinds of things, what's described here, sounds like the end of the world, doesn't it? Sounds like the world is changing and completely changing. Anyway, i got to hurry. Uh, In reality, the plan of God is that not only we need to control fear, but in verse 8, he says, Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. We ought to observe the greatness of God. Uh, See what God has done. See what he's been doing spiritually. And never forget what God has done in the past. Sometimes it's helpful for us to write down how God has worked in our life. We can read stories in the Bible of how God worked in the past. But it's also nice, even for our children, wouldn't it be great to pass on a book of your observations of the work of God in you and in your family's life? It would be a tremendous encouragement to your children and grandchildren. Be calm before him. Look in verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Uh, we, ought to be, we ought to let God be God. And, uh, and we should uh, wait for him to act. Um, Do you remember the serenity prayer? Remember what it says? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Sometimes we need to just step back and say, you know what, God, this is yours. (laughs) There's not a thing I can do about it to fix it. This is your problem. Now, many times... If in my life, I've created some of the problem. It's been some of my stupidity that has caused the problem, but God's still got to fix it. And sometimes he does, sometimes he lets me learn the lesson the hard way. 
But sometimes we need to know what is our responsibility and things to be concerned about, and the rest, let's let God be God. He says, be still and know that I am God. And then let him be glorified. Look in verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Um, It's talking about everybody. He says, in the end, I am going to be exalted. I am going to be glorified. You know, isn't it interesting? We know the end of the story, don't we? We know how this world is going to end. It's like reading a novel and reading the last chapter first. We know how the book, this story is going to end. We know how this life is going to end, don't we? So why do we get fussed up over things that really don't matter? Somebody was talking to me before the service, and they said, boy, we had a tough Thanksgiving. We had some of the relatives in, and it was a chaotic, it was disaster, didn't get along, terrible. I don't want to ever do it again. <laughs> and, I, and, and, and I'm not diminishing that. That can be hell on earth. No offense. No, that, truthfully, it can be. But I wonder in eternity, will we look back and say, really? I, 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 and I'm not diminishing the, the stress, but sometimes the things I get stressed out about never happened. And sometimes the things I worry about aren't my business. They're God's business. Uh, what is your biggest worry today? A little lady, I'll close with this, a little lady in... Uh, I work as a chaplain three, I would say two, three days a week, but my wife knows I'm lying. Uh, but a uh, little lady that I visit in the dementia unit is on hospice care, and she can't remember what she ate for breakfast. She can't remember if she has children. She can't remember the names of her children. She doesn't know the facility that she lives in. And, of course, I know that because I read the emails about her. And so when I go there, I try and remind her that she has children and that these are the names of her children and, uh, and, and try and help her out. But I always ask, every patient I go to, I ask, I said, do you have a favorite Bible verse or a favorite song that you like to sing? And if she has a day of a song, we sing it together. Um, it's amazing how many dementia patients can remember Jesus loves me takes them back to their childhood, and they can remember. But I asked her, I said, do you have a favorite Bible passage that you like? Quick as a snap, she said, Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And I thought, she can't remember what she ate for breakfast. She can't remember the names of her children, but that Bible verse is stuck in her mind. I wonder if you and I ought to remember that and ought to memorize this verse so that the next time we worry, it pops into our mind. And when we get into dementia, I'm sorry. I tell the hospice people, I said, I'm going to be your worst nightmare. I'm going to ask for hospice for all seasons to take care of me when I'm on hospice, and I'm going to be your worst nightmare. I'm going to call the uncall. Anyway, uh, let's say that verse together, because the next time you worry, I want this to pop into your mind. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, Therefore, I will not fear. One more time. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear. Let's go to prayer and uh, pray for those requests and remember not to worry.